friends. Welcome to Silo Busting. I'm your host, Allison Coden, an interaction designer at EPEM Continuum. In our era, as in eras before, no doubt, speed is a matter of survival when it comes to existential threats, medical, social, mechanical, financial, or other ones entirely. What's changed for us in the 21st century is that the greater speed that carries us past our enemies is now measured in days, hours, sometimes seconds, not the pokey weeks, years, and generations of a pre-cyber world. A year ago, near the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, I got exposed and needed to be tested. I drove 45 minutes out of town, waited 30 minutes in line, then waited another 48 hours for my test results. Last night, I needed a test for my daughter, so we bought an at-home kit and got her a result in 15 minutes. Science, systems, and processes have all evolved to make testing a fraction of the time and financial burden it was before, shifting our household safety measures into proactive mode and eliminating a dangerous period of infection exposure guesswork. When the infection is cyber in nature, the same rules apply. It's no longer good enough to spot symptoms of a malicious attack as they begin to appear. By then, the digital pathogen that's infected one computer has likely spread across your entire system. So Shara Kassan, EPAM's Senior Manager of Technology and Security Consulting, and Anton Ram, our Service Delivery Manager, are thinking in terms of prevention and speed, as any good epidemiologist should. Let's hear them explain the necessity of MDRS and how cybersecurity tools and processes are evolving towards preventing attacks before they can penetrate. Sharik and Anton, welcome to Silo Busting. I'm really glad to have you today and exciting uh, to be talking with you about MDRS. Uh, happy to have you here on Silo Busting. Glad to be here. Glad to be here as well. Let's begin by defining what we mean uh, when we're talking about MDRS. Can you explain for our listeners what's the difference between, say, a traditional SOC program and MDRS? Um, let, me, let me go, um, Anton. Uh, you know, can uh, you know, manage detection and response, which is you know, stand MDR. It goes by a variety of names, you know, like endpoint detection and response. It goes by, you know, EDR. Some people have call it XDR for your endpoint detection technology. Um, and uh, so the, the common denominator, you know, among all of these is that the uh, we are talking about, uh, you know, sort of technology that could actually, you know, uh, uh, allow you to proactively detect uh, threats and uh, and respond you know proactively to those threats now in a in a traditional sense you know we used to call um you know um we used to call the same technology in the past you know mssp managed service pro security service provisioning and providers we also used to call uh SOCs, security operation control center uh we used to uh call it uh, also you know security incident and event management a lot of people the organization they used to call it but now this has all taken, you know, uh, replaced by something called MDR and MDRS, uh, you know. So that's that's the answer to your question. So, yeah, basically what I want to add here that um, given that SOC and traditional MSSP focus was primarily on detection and then throwing these detections through the wall, over the wall to the clients, MDR mostly focuses not only on detection, but also on the response as it present in the this abbreviation. So, like this adds a lot of valuable things for the company, such as validation of potential incidents, assemble of the appropriate content of this incident, investigation, as much 
as possible, given that uh, all information and tools available uh, for the MDRS team as configured properly, and even provide actionable advices and context about the threats, and maybe, but even maybe, initiate actions to uh, remediate via automation, integration, or other means. But yeah. Yeah, no, it's cool. And it sounds like it's an important thing. Can you guys talk a little bit about why MDRS is so necessary right now and really talk a little bit about its specific value for businesses? What 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 is it about this present moment that needs MDRS? Yeah, so can uh, you know, um, so so you, you have seen a dramatic shift in the way people are working today. You know, there's been, you know, we are living, today we are living in an environment where, you know, a lot of people, um, they work remotely and um, and and they are reliant on you know cloud services yeah. uh, and um, what they're doing is they're using um, their endpoints their laptops they're using their tablet and phones to access you know these services um, so 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 the physical office that we used to have it's now replaced completely by you know endpoint and by you know um, uh, a person who is like you know identity who is like logging into into uh, cloud services, and uh, this has uh, you know introduced uh, some set of challenges. You know, so in the past we used to have a perimeter. You know that was your organization, but now that perimeter has uh, completely changed. It the perimeter we used to have it doesn't exist anymore. Now we have um, you know it's the it's the identity you know. That's that's the perimeter. You know, it's the device that they're using. That's where the perimeter has moved to. So, so that means that every user um, that uh, logs into to to uh, to a, a network uh, is is a privileged user and should be considered a privileged user. Um, and and the reason for that is because uh, you know you you no longer need you know simply authorization, but you need also access. So. Um, a lot of bad guys, when they're logging into network, they're you know you know stealing you know credentials uh, from uh, non-privileged users, and then they are doing a lateral movement across the network mm -hmm. to steal confidential data. And that's one of the reason why um, you know we need to proactively monitor you know endpoint devices, and we need to proactively monitor uh, user behavior uh, in a corporate network. And, and, and that is one of the reasons why I think, you know, there's a greater need for, you know, uh, proactive monitoring, you know, and um, threat detection and proactive uh, response, you know, in real time. Yeah, yeah. No, the pandemic and the shift to work from home really has changed um, <laughs> the way everybody's doing business. And it is clearly it needs more and different kinds of protection. Anton. Can you add anything to that about the necessity of MDRS right now? Well, uh, Sharik mentioned almost everything. I just would like to add that, yes, given that pandemic uh, brought a lot of companies into the <laughs> internet, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, as it brought a lot of adversaries, uh, and we all know that uh, in the past, security teams was always falling behind the advanced attackers, right? And this approach led to some cases when the attack was developed and uh, 
was persistent for more than 200 days or more than even 200 days on the company and no one could uh, knew a thing about it right and uh, approach that leverage modern mdrs services goes beyond the reactive or passive approach right so mdrs services uh, provides so-called proactive threat hunting activities which results in a significant reduction of this time from the uh, attack happening and to the discovery that something goes wrong and this has become possible because of the shift uh, in the methodologies and shift in the approaches how this service uh, is provisioned great now i was wondering if you guys can look at sort of a recent example of a breach and explain where mdrs fits in it'd be really interesting to to get a sense because we hear so many of them about them in the headlines and i, I thought it'd be really helpful to our listeners to, to put this in a bit of context um and uh, no, that's a great question, Ken. Um, you, you, you know, there have been a numerous, uh, you know, ransomware attack, and it's not ransomware attack is uh, all over headlines, you know, everywhere. So, uh, Colonial Pipeline being the, you know, one of the most popular one, and there was uh, the same hacker group that actually hacked uh, Colonial Pipeline. They hacked a a German company called Brentac. It was a, it's a chemical uh, distribution uh, company out of Germany, and um, the uh, the hacker group um, was able to you know um, steal about 150 gig of data confidential data you know um, and then they threatened to leak that data this was a confidential data so they threatened to leak that data and in exchange they demanded about uh, seven or something million dollars uh, from the company um, the uh, the company was ultimately uh, you know was able to you know, decided to kind of pay that ransom. Uh, and um, so the hacker group was able to uh, to do this by stealing, you know, credentials off of dark web. And then they use that credential uh, to kind of um, penetrate, um, you know, uh, red tags, uh, brand tags network. And they were able to kind of encrypt all of the devices, their network, and then they stole that data and, and, and then they kind of threatened to expose all that confidential data that contained private uh, information about, you know, users and customers. And um, so um, so in exchange for that, you know, I think it was like four million or some dollars um, in the form of Bitcoin, uh, the company was able to get a, a decryptor file, you know, and um, and then they were they also got a promise from that hacker group that they are not going to expose that private data. So that's how they were able to actually, um, you know, uh, get their data back and, and, and decrypt all of the devices. So that was a recent example, but it happened in May. OK, now for my next question, I want to ask you about some questions. What questions should a company ask of their SOC team and security professional to find out if they're getting a truly broad visibility of their environment? Shariq, you want to you want to tell us what kind of questions people should be asking? Yeah, so uh, keep in mind, uh, Ken. So what's going on is that the uh, endpoint is the weakest link, and and user identity and device identity has become the new perimeter, uh, you know, of of cybersecurity. So uh, from a CISO perspective, uh, I want to ask a few questions. I want to know 
if uh, if an organization is able to identify and, and respond to you know zero day uh, threats, you know, in in some fashion or other, like you know, if there is a there is a, some kind of unknown attack, then you should be able to sort of isolate your network from you know from that endpoint that is like you know compromised. Similarly, I would like to um, um, you know find out if if can you identify you know if there is a persistent threat uh, you know in your network going on if there's an you know abnormal you know behavior uh, in your network are you able to identify that mm-hmm. uh, can you see you know how many applications um, you know are added to your cloud spoke if you're using cloud um, you know right now there's a lot of stuff happening so so a lot of companies they they have you know on-prem infrastructure but a lot of companies they are moving into hybrid cloud model and a lot of other companies they're going into cloud and you and, and doing a multi-cloud strategy so there's there's a lot of stuff that's happening right now so the world has become pretty complex from that perspective so so you need to so you to have a lot of blind spots in your network and you need to know uh, can you identify those blind spots and how you can monitor those blind spots you know uh, can you monitor user activity, you know, in such a fashion that, you know, if there's any abnormal behavior, for example, if a user is logging in from uh, from a different location, you know, suddenly, can you identify that? You know, uh, do you have, um, you know, a multi-factor authentication in your uh, organization? You know, you can, and and because because in case of uh, uh, Brent hack, I mean, the reason why they were able, they were, they were hacked is because they didn't have uh, MFA, uh, implemented, you know, if they had M- MFA implemented, I think this would have been uh, a difficult task. Um, the other thing to ask is, is um, a lot of organization, you know, especially going to cloud, they are pushing code uh, to GitHub, for example, which is a common repository, and and, and in doing so, they uh, end up uh, like sharing some confidential information to the GitHub, like password and some, you know. Uh, you know, log file. So you want to be able to to know if 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 that information is there, and can you scan that information and make sure that that confidential information is not shared on GitHub? And and a lot of times these developers and you know they they, they are doing that. So that's a that's a big uh, big uh, problem. Um, the other thing to to ask is that do you have visibility into your users' email? Have have your users gotten an email that could be a phishing? Um, attack, you know. Um, so an MDR solution or MDRS solution is proactively capable of of uh, identifying uh, any phishing email and then can isolate uh, that laptop or that device, you know, from rest of the network and that that it can kind of prevent, you know, a broader, you know, snowball effect uh, as, a, as a result. Wow, those are some really good questions. Uh, Anton, did he miss anything? Is there anything else we need to add to that that companies need to be asking? So I believe that our crown jewel is always is data. Mm. And there is a simple principle which sounds like you can't protect something that you are not aware of, right? Yeah. So I believe everyone should start uh, their journey with the security uh, with the proper asset inventory, right? And to try to get to know as much about your on-prem and cloud infrastructure as much as possible and you make sure you have to make sure that you have a robust process which will bring data about everything that happening across all of your infrastructure to some place given that this is a cm or uh, edr or ndr 
uh, to write, which will be then comprehensively uh, processed and enriched with the threat intelligence, with the advanced analytics that comes from uh, a lot of sources. And uh, uh, yeah, this is basically uh, things that you should be worried about uh, in the very beginning of this uh, build out rather than focusing on implementing some uh, certain security controls, which could not cover, say, all of your infrastructure because you you just haven't heard about some segments that's of, of your network or uh, missed it for some reason. Yeah, there's there's clearly a lot to 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 think about and, and a lot to worry about, and it makes me wonder. You know, as we think about how the attack surface is expanding and the attackers out there are becoming more sophisticated and emboldened, how should we? How should a really modern, up to the minute, up you know, the most contemporary MDRS system be set up? What are the elements? Do you think that really need to be in place uh, in order to 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 really have a robust um, system there. What, what 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 do companies really need to have? Uh, you know, Ken. Um, the the problem, the big challenge is that how do you set up an MDR solution in house? You cannot, you know, set up a security monitoring in house because it has become pretty complex. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in the past, we used to have uh, a gigabyte of data, and and so that's relatively simpler to monitor. But today, we have terabytes of data. So how do you analyze terabytes of data that's coming? you know, into your organization. So uh, so for that reason, you know, MDR, which is a managed detection and response service, it's like a, it's like a, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's composed of like, you know, a bunch of different technologies that are built together, you know, to, uh, and, and it's an outsourced service, obviously, to, uh, and, and, and it provides, it's like a technology that provides, you know, um, organization to sort of identify and analyze that, you know, terabytes of data, and then respond to cyber threats, you know, before, you know, the keyword is before they disrupt the business. Right. So, so it kind of provides deeper uh, detection of security breaches, you know, as compared to obviously the traditional MSSP, you know, we have been kind of talking about in the past. Um, so traditional MSSP relies upon, you know, signatures and, you know, uh, you know, older technology and it's kind of patched together. MDR, on the other hand, is like uh, it's done from scratch. It kind of relies upon you know um, artificial intelligence. It kind of relies upon machine learning. Uh, it relies upon you know user entity behavior analytics, um, and um, and then it kind of you know and and so it it kind of captures information and events in real time and then respond automatically. However, there's uh, the, 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 it's pretty challenging to do that in house. So you have to sort of go outside and then maybe you know, look for um, uh, a vendor who has an effective MDR solution, you know, and, um, and, and I, so the, the challenge having an in-house, you know, um, MDR solution or uh, security uh, operation control center is that it's, it's overwhelming. And as I said, because of the data, you know, the amount of data that you are trying to ingest, you know, that's, that's a huge, you know, um, that's, one problem. The second problem is that CISOs today, they are already overwhelmed. You know, they, they can't handle, you know, security teams. You know, how do you, the, um, the you know, because there are internal inefficiencies. Um, the, uh, the other problem is um, there's, a, there's a, the, again, I kind of described that earlier. There's a lot of stuff happening. You know, you have, you know, cloud migration. 
you have obviously multi-cloud strategy, you have hybrid and on-prem kind of cloud strategy. So it's kind of uh, pretty much impossible, I think, to have an effective, you know, security operations control center in-house. So that's why you want to rely upon MDR, you know, which which is kind of, you know, again, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a service provided by different vendors, but it needs to be effective, you know, and Yes, I would yes, say. Go ahead, Anton. I would say that uh, I think that it's definitely possible to build a good, robust, and mature uh, security operations center in-house, but it will take that much efforts, that much uh, money uh, to build, and that much of knowledge how to do it properly, Mm -hmm. not to waste this money, that it would probably be fair to say that uh, if you want to have something uh, to be in place uh, in in insensible a matter of time, then better option gonna be to to look for a robust managed detection and response service provider, start with them, learn from them, and maybe only then try to 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 build something in house. Right. Cool. Um, so yeah, so that sounds great. Is there any uh, advice you would give to someone who's listening to this, who's, who who is hearing what you're saying and saying, okay, what is what is the next step I should take? What would you say to those folks? Well, I would, uh, Ken, I would say that, uh, you know, look for an MDR solution, um, you know, um, that, uh, you know, can, you know, capture uh, up to the minute, you know, threat content from, uh, you know, uh, various threat feeds. You know, you have a lot of different providers. Um, look for uh, an MDR solution that has, you know, uh, that has ability to kind of monitor your endpoints and especially has a phishing analyzer, for example, uh, that is leveraging your uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning to uh, to detect any uh, uh, you know bad behavior or any you know out of uh, way behavior. You know, uh, for example, um, a lot of uh, attackers they, for example, log into they kind of use some kind of you know similar websites you know name and then you know they send an email phishing attempt mm-hmm. and then you receive that email and then the user they click on that email thinking that this is a corporate website and then. You know, and then they end up downloading malware on their laptop, and from there, the rest is you know history. I mean, it's pretty much it, it happens. Um, the uh, the other thing I would look at is I would ask a, a, a provider, you know, what's your mean detection, mean time to detect, and mean time to 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 remediate. For example, you know, when it comes to um, you know um, um, a threat or or some kind of vulnerability. Uh, so those are some of the questions that I would be looking at. Uh, I would be also looking at if, if the MDR solution is, is written from scratch, it has, uh, you know, um, um, robust um, service bus, you know, that carries all the data across to uh, MDR solution. And it has, you know, um, uh, a very large, you know, uh, extremely fast, you know, database that can process that data. So those are some of the questions that I would ask. How about you, Anton? Any any advice uh, as as we say goodbye to um, our listeners uh, for moving forward with this kind of a program? 
Yeah, I would definitely advise uh, CISOs, so guys who is responsible for information security programs in the companies, definitely to consider uh, MDR solution, MDR service, because it uh, brings a lot of value uh, that can be uh, achieved uh, in the very short period of time with the reasonable price rather than uh, to spend a large amount of uh, cash into the solution that will sit on the shelves and you won't know how to properly use it or will just wait for the team to assemble because in the modern days it's very difficult to find uh, knowledgeable uh, folks around to, to make this solution works. Fantastic. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for spending some time with us. I really appreciate the conversation. This has been Silo Busting, a podcast from EPAM Continuum. EPAM Continuum integrates business experience and technology consulting focused on accelerating breakthrough ideas into meaningful impact. Why do we do this? Because real opportunities aren't siloed. Thanks to Sharik Hassan and Anton Ram for their great conversation. Cheers to Kip Halalas, our sound engineer extraordinaire, for getting this podcast recorded. Applause to Ken Gordon, our producer, for all his masterminding behind the scenes and interviewing in front. I'm your host, Allison Coton, and I'm putting my mask back on.